Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Chincoteague Island in Virginia has canceled its annual pony swim for the second year in a row due to the coronavirus pandemic. They checked all the participants for symptoms, and one of them was a little horse. <laughs> little horse. Did you hear that, Ed? They checked, uh, they checked the ponies. A little horse. Let's say, yeah. It's a variation on a classic childhood joke. <laughs> Fabulous. And, you know, uh, that, so he would, that was a good, he was doing a Johnny Carson impersonation, if you're too young to know that. Um, that's how Johnny Carson would turn a not funny bit into a funny bit. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. He was never funnier than when he wasn't funny. Ed would sit there st- stone cold faced. Not, not impressed, Ed? Oh, that's awesome. Excellent, sir. <laughs> You know, it would be it would be gold, but the joke is horrible. Yeah, yeah. This guy missed Johnny. I want to, you know, what I may watch some Johnny highlights during the commercial. You have. You should uh, listen to the commercials. Have too many during lunch today, Ed, and then to get into his day drinking. <laughs> no, sir. And then I'd love every once in a while that he'd get into a fight where they'd like he'd grab a pair of scissors and cut off his tie and <laughs> that sort of thing. Ah, good times. Simpler times, Jack. Simpler time. We were talking about uh, whether we think the uh, everybody being at each other's throats was going to get worse or better, and I'm afraid it might get worse before it gets better, but occasionally there are moments that give me hope, like this this guy who's the self-described world's number one race baiter, Tariq Nasheed, who's got zillions of followers on Twitter. He posted this video in Captain... Uh, uh, labeled a white holiday in express worker has a nervous breakdown after he got scolded by a black customer because of a mistake in the reservation system. And it turns out this guy's, he's got mental illness problems, uh, like autism spectrum and some other things. And this just cruel person who happens to be dark skinned is just berating him and taunting him for his mental illness and then starts taunting him because they think he's gay, it's just vicious, but then it's carefully edited and put up to show that white people can't take being criticized by black people. And the backlash was enormous. It was enormous, it was kind, it was heartfelt, it was even-handed, and it was great. And i got to believe that sort of thing makes people more and more aware of how vicious the whole critical race theory, everything's about race people are. I hope that's true. I hope. Of course, you know, as I was saying last hour, with it so thick in the schools from K through uh, college, I don't know. I don't know. Got to work hard to, to fight it. But anyway, on a totally different topic, Axios had another great piece of journalism. They're just, they, they are my go-to news source now, just for myself, just to read things I'm interested in. Um, Jonathan Swan and his team. Yeah, this happens to be uh, Ashley Gold and Ina Fried, which sounds like the punchline of some sort of joke. But uh, Congress drags algorithms out of the shadows. And they talk about how algorithms, which are formulas for computer decision-making and are responsible for so much of what happens on big tech, um, are starting to get attention in Congress. And it's interesting, the point of this article is 
if somebody gets canceled or kicked off or whatever, you know, people can understand that and, and people are aware of that and talking about that. But this article is talking about when posts either get promoted or demoted, when they go viral, it's because these algorithms help tech firms mm. make the, you know, make something blow up and be huge. I see or just, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or just deflate and go away quietly. Yeah. So if I, if I try to post something that claims the vaccines don't work and they ban me, everybody understands that, whether you agree with it or not. Right. But the how certain things get promoted, I don't get that. I don't it, understand that at all. Exactly. And, and, the, and, cool. and the really smart people. God, where was I reading an article or watching a show about somebody who's one of the masters of it and talking about how you do it? Just there, there, there are tricks to it. And the, the, the people that are good at it know how to do it. There mm-hmm. are the right phrases and words that just will make you go to gazillions of people today. Search mm-hmm. engine optimization and those words will be different by next week. Yeah. So uh, here's a great quote. Algorithms, complexity, and obscurity have helped tech firms make the case that they are neutral platforms. They also they allow also allow companies to stand at once at one remove from responsibility. Oh, that's some fancy English right there. It means they allow companies to stand arm's length from responsibility for decisions about promoting and demoting content because people don't understand how it's working and it's much more subtle than uh, banning. Um, users and critics increasingly aware of the power of these systems now want to hold companies more responsible for the outcomes the, their code produces. There is a hearing, was a hearing, yes, on algorithms of amplification. And the executives from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, along with a Harvard researcher and ethicist Tristan Harris, will That's testify. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be an ethicist. That was rude. That was okay. Exactly. That sort of pronouncement. That was moral. That was immoral. Right. That'd be good work if you could get it there, King Solomon. Uh, but they're going to be before the Senate Judiciary Committee's Privacy, Technology, and Law Subcommittee, which, as Jack uh, is fond of pointing out, is a bunch of 80-year-olds. On the other <laughs> hand, the uh, the ranking members for each party are uh, Chris Coons, D. Delaware, who says, crazy as I hate, but he seems reasonably bright, and ranking member Ben Sass. Okay. So right. I think that's that's pretty good uh, hands for it to be in. The EU, by the way. Uh, EU. Un- <laughs> you know, that's pretty good. Unveiled a series. I would pronounce it moral. That noise. It was funny and it was moral. The EU. EU. Last week unveiled a series of proposed new regulations while the FTC published a blog post reminding companies that they will be held accountable for violating anti-discrimination laws if their algorithms produce biased results. It's like you refuse to rent a hotel room to anybody who seems Hispanic. Mm. It's a civil rights violation. Hmm. So... Um, let's see. There's one thing, one more thing I wanted to, uh, blah, blah, blah. uh, platforms have long used their algorithms to boost business metrics, such as the amount of time spent on their site. Increasingly, though, increasingly, though, they are also acknowledging and tapping the power of algorithms to limit the spread of misinformation or speech that doesn't merit an outright ban. So it'll be interesting to see this stuff proceed. It's, it's, it's a stretch to think government officials will ever understand it well enough to regulate it. I, I have a feeling you could uh, give me a class all day long on it, and I would barely get it. Yeah. And uh, can you write legislation narrowly no. enough to, <laughs> to be constitutional no. yet be effective? One of the problems with gun control 
is that you're banning a machine, and you have to describe that machine. Well, if you change the the color of a lever on a machine, it's arguably a different machine. And that's what makes guns so hard to regulate, that and the Second Amendment. If How are you going to regulate something as complicated as a, an algorithm? And then Mark Zuckerberg says, yep, yep, you know what, you're right. You make a real good point there. Uh, white people weren't allowed to post there a little bit, so we've changed it. We've changed it. It should be fine now. <laughs> How long is it going to be until <laughs> right. we figure out it's not? Uh, so uh, stay the union more or less tonight. We need to tell you about that. There's hardly going to be anybody in the crowd. I didn't know that till you told me. Bef- yeah. Before we move on, how do we feel about the progressive TV commercials where the dude's torso is the gas tank of the motorcycle? Ah. Bu- those weird me out. I just saw he's one a motor, on- Jack. I just saw one up on the TV. They, they, I think they affect my brain in a in a bad way. That like I'm seeing something that's not supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Half man, half beast something. I was weirded out by that at first, but they must be advertising heavily on a show I watch, like golf tournaments or something like that, because I'm used to it now, and it's kind of amusing. They creep me out. That one do black you dude mind, that's always on there. Do you mind being a motor? Do you mind not being a motor? <laughs> and the way he swerves down the highway with just his top oh, of his body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Yeah, they got a good ad agency. I don't uh, like the name, Progressive. Uh, oh, jeez. I want a conservative insurance company. So how come there's not going to be anybody in the crowd tonight? Because Nancy has announced strict COVID regulations, even though they're all vaccinated. I'm, I'd certainly, good morning. I'd certainly like to focus, <laughs> I'd like to focus more on what Biden's going to say, and I'm sure we all will tomorrow, as he's going to lay out his next... Two point something trillion dollar plan. This is different than the infrastructure. All right, I'll be the ham, you be the eggs then, and we'll serve it up, huh? Next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. They don't call it the State of the Union when you give your first address to Congress for some reason. It's it is it's a State of the Union address. So that's happening tonight, and uh, Biden's addressing both houses of Congress. And to me, and I stopped watching these years ago because they were a laundry list of things that were never going to happen. Um, Do we have oh. that guy who, who yells out the introduction? Is that ladies and boy, gentlemen? I don't know. He was fighting for his life there on January sixth. Did he did he keep his job or lose his job? Didn't he uh, lose he, he his got job? canned, but they hired a new one. Because he Sergeant had, at arms. Be, yeah, because he had something to do with the security, right? Yeah. The guy yeah. that we've been seeing for years. Anywho, um, uh, State of the Union addresses became these long laundry lists of things that were never even going to be you know get started. But interrupted by long and really enjoyable applause breaks. So I stopped watching years ago. But this one tonight, uh, Biden's introducing, you know, the first time he's really going to tell America about this $2 trillion, whatever he's calling it. What's the name of it? Doesn't matter. This is not the infrastructure. This is not the infrastructure one that's full of stuff that's not infrastructure. This is a different jobs one that's full of all kinds of other remaking America. And they mean to make it happen. And they can with the, with the 50 senators in the house. So I'm going to be paying attention. 
Yeah, this is going to be a Colossus cradle-to-grave brand-new benefits and just the government involved in, in the economy and your life much more. I can't believe they're getting away with this whole pre-K thing. So I didn't know until uh, my son was involved in it that kindergarten isn't even really a grade anyway. Um, it's just kind of an introduction to the school lifestyle for kids that don't have never had that. You know, <laughs> you I realize go to kindergarten. Then the whole calling it pre-K, it's just saying we're going to give free childcare to mm-hmm. all of America for three years, I guess now before you start school. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Government child care. I was thinking, I realize this is a strange thought, but I was sitting out back in my backyard uh, the other day and wondering, why did we stick with the German word kindergarten, a child's garden? Uh, why don't, why didn't we come up with an English word explaining why they're there, <laughs> what they're doing? I should do but, a little research on that. How did it get started as a, uh, as a child care, government child care thing? I think it's just, like you said, it's a nice opportunity to yeah. get socialized a little bit, learn what school's about, but very light. But he, they will pitch pre-K, as they always pitch pre-K, as important to education. You should go ahead and show me the study that shows pre-K has anything to do with anything when it comes to education. It doesn't. It's just it's just deciding as a nation that government is going to provide child care for every kid in America, starting at age, I guess, three is his proposal tonight. I guess we'll find out. No, that's a terrible idea, in my opinion. Talk to your child, read to your child, point out birds to your child. Just have a running conversation with your child. Uh, that's the way to go. But uh, on the logistics side, this is so strange and frustrating. Compared to a tr- $2 trillion reworking of American society, it's not a, of any great you know, significance, but it's just so stupid. Instead of the usual 1,600 people crowded into the House chamber for the State of the Union addresses, it'll just be 200 people. They're going with one-eighth capacity because of coronavirus restrictions. Even though all 535 members of Congress, Supreme Court uh, justices, everybody, has long had access to vaccinations, they're all fully vaccinated. Just proving the message, the vaccine does no good. There's no effect for getting vaccinated. I just think it's so idiotic. Meanwhile, some GOP lawmakers are frustrated that for some reason Nancy Pelosi scheduled the thing when the House was out of session and they'd already made plans for events in their home districts. They were already committed to various events. So a bunch of guys are not showing up and they made it clear it's not some sort of childish boycott. It's that I have an event planned. People have bought tickets to it, um, and and I've got to be there. Now, Marco Rubio said, amusingly, uh, I will not be attending. And one of the reasons why is the ticket numbers have been really limited. They're making people sit in the gallery. Uh, it's interesting. When it came to coming together to impeach Donald Trump for the second time, after he was out of office, they put a 100 senators in the same room, sitting just inches apart for hours at a time over five or six days. Apparently, COVID wasn't an issue then. But now, of course, for something like this, we can't have that many people in the room sitting next to each other. So it's kind of silly season here. So that is just odd. 
Um, and frustrating. Oh, you know what? What time is it? Do we have time? Uh, maybe next segment we'll get into some of the things the CDC gal said. They have. They are about to just completely lose the attention of Americans with their idiotically overcautious guidelines. Uh, they they lost me quite a while ago. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, we also need to talk more about it. So I looked it up. It is the American Families Plan, and it's one point eight trillion dollars. So it's two trillion dollars. The Biden's going to talk about tonight. The Washington Post has an, an opinion piece on how the uh, child care system is a good start, but it needs to go further on how this all this money being so child care for every kid in America now for a couple of more years paid for by the taxpayer is not going far enough. And uh, but we'll get into some of the details on this. Well, that just strikes me as so bizarre, so strange. When Judy and I had kids, we were broke. I mean, we did not have money at all. But it never occurred to me that somebody else ought to be taking care of the costs of that child, that somebody else ought to be raising it in effect. And, well, she, she was a she, raising her. Uh, or or if, if Judy decided to work, uh, I wouldn't have to look after the kid. The government would. I just, it's, it's, it's just bizarre. Well, it, I, don't, well I don't get it. it. If we do this and we call it pre-K and we go with the belief that it helps with education, which it doesn't, Everybody will do it and feel social pressure to do it. And, 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 you know, the whole world, the work world will get structured around this idea that, of course, your kids go off to government child care starting at age three. And right. then they're there with them all the way through. And then on the other end, it's going to be free community college after, uh, after high school. So that's kind of like child care on that end. Yeah. Well, I had a Marxist professor who used to say that uh, the nuclear family is a tool of oppression and that uh, the state ought to be raising children. Well, we're getting closer to her goal. I'm sure she's very pleased. Yeah, so now it'll be age 3 to 20 if uh, this plan goes through, if the government takes care of your kids. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And finally, some news from overseas. I read that next month, a high-end apartment complex in London is opening up a see-through pool that sits 115 feet high. Look at this thing. It's perfect, because when I think sunny rooftop pools, I think London. It looks a little scary. You're just up in the air, kind of hanging out over the buildings. Yeah. I don't think I want to be in that pool. Mm. I, I would I would release my, my bladder in it, I'm afraid. Oh, at best. I mean, it could even go worse than that. I scared, I scared, our, <laughs> pug. I scared our pug when he was little, and he actually dropped a deuce on the carpet. Oh. I jumped around the corner and went, boo, and he just had a scared look on his face and just plop. Wow. So you can actually do that. You've reaped what you have sown, sir. Yeah, you can do that. So that, that pool might do that to me. Um, so Biden tonight speaking to Congress. I usually don't pay any attention to state union addresses. I think they're a waste of time. A bunch of, you know, whatever. It's a DC spectacle. This is a big deal because he's going to get into his American families plan. Another $1.8 trillion. This is different than the other $2 trillion infrastructure plan that's not infrastructure. This is all kinds of different stuff, $2 trillion. And we were talking about the, uh, they call it pre-K, but it's really, it's just the government deciding we're going to restructure families. Um, 
And I thought it was for three and four year olds. No, it's uh, they're intended to improve access and affordability to high quality care in the near term and to make the entire system more resilient over the long term. Blah, blah, blah. It will last forever for the creation of a massive new. And this is from somebody who's for this. This is in the Washington Post opinion piece. This is someone who's for this and wants him to even go bigger. Uh, he's going to announce the creation of a massive new voucher-like program that would make child care free for all poor children and highly subsidized for middle-income kids. Okay, we all know how that these things grow. So it starts as free for the poorest, highly subsidized for middle-income. It will grow to free for the bottom half and then highly subsidized. You know what it will grow. It's children birth through age five. Wow. And the White House estimates this this will cost a quarter of a trillion dollars over 10 years. That's where it starts. In addition to that, he's going to announce that, do you remember that one of the most controversial parts of the last $2 trillion package that he sent through was the child tax credit, which gave various families up to $4,000 for one kid, $8,000 up for two kids. It was a temporary thing. He's going to announce they're going to make that permanent. One of the most controversial moving around of money, redistribution of wealth parts of the previous packages he's going to announce is he wants to make permanent tonight, which is how these things always go. We said so at the time. Yeah, a couple of descriptions from the left. Uh, James Carville in a recent interview said Biden's doing well. He's putting money in pockets. I mean, okay, there you go. That's the role of the government, of course. And then I like this from the WAPO. Biden's plan proposes a suite of domestic policies that would collectively represent a marked change in how Americans interact with the federal government. Absolutely. And and people that are in favor of it say, yay, you know, because we need a marked change in the way we I, I think this is this is it's so huge. And I, I'm not I'm not sure people fully appreciate how we're restructuring the uh, the connection between work and getting money from the government between having kids in the role of the government, all this. And it'll, it'll, it'll last forever. And we, so we, this came up a little bit earlier, and you, you mentioned that, uh, well, they're going to pay for it in the House. I hear a lot of pundits saying that. When the elections come back, there's going to be a reaction. Who cares? If I'm hmm. a Democrat and I like this stuff, I don't care. I don't care if we lose 100 seats in the House. If we get all this through first and it becomes law, fine. I win. You lose. Once you pass a $5,000 subsidy to me for being left-handed, for instance, I will never give it back. I mean, I will demonstrate in the streets. I'll smash store windows. Once these things are given, they aren't taken back. So, yeah, yeah, they have the victory. It's uh, it's all going to be paid for by at least $1.5 trillion in tax hikes aimed primarily at increasing the amount paid by wealthy Americans and investors. They're also going to significantly increase enforcement by the IRS. Uh, doubling capital tax uh, gains tax rates for those who earn more than a million dollars per year. That is uh, where it starts. Remember, these things always migrate downward. And it's it's just, it is the Francification of the U.S. And I'm not saying that, like, to be provocative or, or you know, fun or knee-jerky. The more, the bigger share the government takes of commerce. And re- remind me, Sean, don't let me forget. There's one more point about commerce I want to make. Okay. Um, but the greater share the government takes of commerce, the less commerce there is. More and more people decide additional commerce is not worth the risk or the time. Jack and I have seen this. You know, we're fortunate. We've been pretty successful in this business, and so our, our taxes are now not low. And we'll get offered, guys, do you want to do this? You know, it'll be a little extra money. It's some of your time, some of your effort. We do the math. 
how much the government takes from it, and that net figure is what you make your decision based on. Right, so we don't do it. I don't do stuff that I would have done. I'm offered work and don't do it at this point because the taxes mm-hmm. are so high, there's no point. Right. I'd so rather you're do getting zero. It's the Laffer curve. Does everybody right. know what the Laffer curve? I love the Laffer curve. It's one of the best things ever. Ironically, it's not funny at all. If you tax people at 0%, you will get no money. If you tax people at 100%, you will get no money. Somewhere in between there is the sweet spot of where you're going to get the most money. Mm-hmm. But you have to recognize that if taxes get high enough, you won't, you won't get anything because I'm not going to go to work. Right. And the other side of that, and I want to point this out because it's important, is somebody presumably that we like, we believe in, we want to do business with, etc., they want to employ us. But they must pay double what we would take, or if, if they're successful, because they've got to pay the government an equal amount. To have us come work for them. That's going to discourage them investing in their business, them engaging in commerce. It certainly, uh, you know, discouraged us and people like us from engaging in commerce. And if the commerce in question is, okay, I'm going to risk our entire life savings on starting this whatever donut shop. And you think, wow, if we really make it, we'll clear X amount if this all goes to, to plan. But then the government steps out, steps, uh, you know, in and says, yeah, that X amount you're talking about, we're going to grab another 5% of that. Okay. But go ahead, risk your life savings, risk it all. And that, and the number of people who say, okay, I will gets reduced and you have less and less economic activity, less and less innovation, less and less ambition, more dependence. More rent-seeking, more manipulating the government, because the government is the teat you're sucking on. Not your own initiative, not your own effort, not your genius. It's the government that must be begged. And you end up in just uh, just a moribund, gray, blah society like a lot of old Europe is. You don't want it, trust me. Yeah, but they'll give me $1,000, so I'm voting for it. Maybe I'll do this later because I don't want to wear you out on this stuff with the the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal talking about how this is all a reaction to Trump and um, and he's getting a pass by so much of the country for just not being Trump. I don't care what you do. Just don't be Trump. And yeah, so, that's a good point. And so he's getting to do these things. And uh, I'll skip down to this. I'll get to the other stuff later. But. The striking fact of his first three months is that he's done the opposite of what he campaigned on. He has sought to govern from the left, pressing the most progressive domestic agenda in decades with the narrowest Democrat majorities in Congress. He's governed like Bernie Sanders in a hurry, despite a 36-year Senate career with no notable causes or ideas. Yeah? Wow. Like Bernie Sanders in a Bernard hurry. Bernie Sanders. That is a pretty good description right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, Sean, and you're it's supposed to remind a, me. It's all a reaction to, at least he's not Trump, so he's yeah. getting to run through the most change America at, at the cost of the taxpayer plan in uh, since FDR. Joe, you had another point about uh, commerce? Oh, thank you, Sean. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Here's my other point about uh, universal pre-K, they're calling it, from the time your child is born through age five and the rest of it. It's all priming you to be a more productive economic animal so that the government can continue to take more and more of that economic activity, that uh, the output. 
And and listen, you raise your family the way you think is right. I'm not telling you how to live. I approached raising my family from a certain point of view, partly because of the way I was raised, all right? But the idea that your kid should clearly, obviously, go off immediately to some government room to be tended to by government workers or government-subsidized workers, as opposed to you nurturing your child, you making an economic sacrifice to be home with your child. You do the teaching. You do the nurturing. You take the walks where you point out, that's a bird, that's a squirrel. The idea that you making a little more money is clearly a better choice than what I've described is highly questionable. Well, from my point of view, it's dead effing wrong. If you see it differently, you live how you want to live. But I I don't like the idea of the government lubricating society so that it's clearly the right choice for families to farm off their kids and just work as much as possible. Make it financially just clearly the right thing to do, yeah, and that will become the norm, and there will be a lot of social pressure to do it that way. And, you know, why is your kid not in the, you know, this, that, and yeah, I, th- I think it's awful, but it is, regardless, even if you like it, you've got to admit, it's changing the way we've structured society, majorly, in a couple of months of one administration. It's well, and it, it changes the structure of the family, it changes the structure of, of, of ambition, of life, of, of just priorities. I mean, it fundamentally the, restructures what it means to be a human being. At the same time that we've decoupled work from welfare and a, a number of other things. This really, at the end, could end up being the biggest, most progressive, changing America in a short amount of time that's ever happened. And I'll say it again. I had a Marxist professor in college who said parents should not raise child, childs. Uh, they, I should have taken more English classes, clearly. <laughs> child? Uh, that parents should not raise children. The state should raise the children collectively and indoctrinate them. She didn't use the word indoctrinate, but that's what she meant. The state should teach children how to be good citizens from the time they're born, and we should collectively raise children to to turn them into, you know, the workers in the workers' paradise. This is a step along that road. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah be something to watch. Uh, Burning Man's been canceled again. Why are we canceling this stuff that's not till uh, late summer? We'll all be vaccinated. Anyway. Go, go. Get vaccinated if you want to be vaccinated. Then you'll be perfectly safe. And if you don't, that's on you. Uh, more on that stuff and other stuff on the way. I hope you can stay with us. Our text line, agree or disagree, 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tampa Bay Buccaneers star Rob Gronkowski set a world record over the weekend by catching a football dropped from a helicopter over 600 feet in the air, though I thought it was way more impressive that he caught the helicopter. (laughs) Gronk have new bird. No, no, Gronk, that's not a bird. So, uh... He's a large gentleman, not known for his intellectual prowess. He catches footballs in Super Bowls. He did that just a couple months ago, and uh, we have the actual audio of him catching the ball from the helicopter. We're going to have the highest altitude catch that's ever been done in the world. 600 feet in the air. We're going to have a helicopter drop a ball 
straight down, and we're going to set a Guinness Book of World Record right here in front of all of you guys. I'm ready. I'm ready. If you want to give it a shot, we're at 640 feet, actually. No, I'm ready. There we go. All right, let it rip. There you go. Now do that thing spin. Perfect. Jeez. Wouldn't now, that thing be a terminal velocity? Yeah, but it would it reaches terminal velocity and like once you get above like thirty feet. And what, go what is that? A million that. miles per hour? <laughs> uh it wouldn't be that much faster than it's coming uh, than when well, Tom it's got Brady a fair throws at you. Air resistance too. Um, right. I I just I don't and then the, the, the outpouring of excitement there is like we put a man on Mars. <laughs> you don't understand. We're filming something for the internet. <laughs> So Gronk caught a 640-foot pass and from the net. And Rob okay. Gronkowski has cured cancer. Cancer is cured. Woo! There you go. Fans are catching balls out of helicopters. We're delighted. Sure, I'll show it for my. I'll show it to my kids. They'll think it's cool. Sure. We're, we're playing catch with the old pigskin just last night. He's trying to get my son to step with his opposite foot, follow yes. through, step toward me, and follow through. He's having some struggles with that, but uh, we'll get there. You don't want to throw like a non-skilled thrower. You certainly don't want to step with the op- the wrong foot, the same foot as you're throwing with, because that's yes. a bad look. <laughs> not, not good. <laughs> not good. Throws like a girl. Yeah, you can't say that anymore. No, you can't. You absolutely can't say that. Please I, do not use right. gendered language hey, to, breathless bill. to address everyone. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> I would play catch with a baseball or football or frisbee. Every or other object you play catch with, in short, an object, <laughs> perhaps an avocado. Every night, if my kids wanted to, but they just yeah. don't want to as much as I do. And oh, then, so man. we were watching. Was it the third version of uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid? They've made a bunch of the books into movies. It's one of the most popular children's books of all time. And they made Diary of a Wimpy Kid into a movie, and and uh, this last episode we watched over the weekend, it was it was summer vacation, and they were the the kids were complaining about how Dad's going to want us to play catch, oh no, and how they just want to play video games, and how awful it is, and I just you know you just uh, got to realize that that's that's a that's a thing. Wow, that's like a that's a punishment to have to play catch with your dad. Hours and hours and hours collectively. If if God has a calculator, if he could text me. How many days did I spend playing catch with my dad as and, a kid? And I didn't and be, loving every second. Of and it. I didn't even play baseball or football, but we played catch all the freaking time. Like yeah. every night after dinner. Right. Until and it got it, too dark. And inevitably you would talk when you were doing that. Of course. And get yeah. some exercise and sure. Clear yeah. your mind and a variety of other things that I think are good, but it's uh, yeah. Not well, all changes progress, I'll, man. I'll, I'll, yeah. I've I've said this many times. I lived near a park in a very nice upscale suburb for 15 years, I never saw two kids or a dad and kid play catch in that park ever. Wow. Ever. Wow. I never saw two kids playing catch ever in that park. I saw the organized soccer games on the weekends, mm. you know, that are scheduled and when you play, but no, never. I think I saw a kid shooting baskets maybe once in 20 years. Uniformed little kids being directed by adults what to do. You saw that? Yeah. But like us yeah. playing catch last uh. night in the park, very unusual for that to be happening. Mm. Mm. I love it. But you know, your reference to pigskins reminds me uh, we had uh, pork quesadillas last night that were very good. Just absolutely de- delicious. But the side dish was uh, black beans, frijoles negros, 
which could get me canceled for saying probably. Uh, I'm not sure if there was something amiss with them or if it's just the nature of them, the magical fruit, but... <laughs> Hard fart primary. The magical fruit. There, there, last hour, I was concerned I was going to have to give you the sign and, and, and scoot out of the what? studio. I just, there were strange stirrings. That the, uh, the, 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 I don't know what scent. they do. No, easy. Michael, you know what? How about you grow up a little bit? All right. All right? Okay. We, we've entrusted you with those buttons. Use them like a grown man. It upset your stomach. No, no, my stomach was oh, okay. fine. It, it, was, didn't, it, was, it didn't upset my your stomach. intestinal. There was a, the forecast was for high winds, but I was going to be a bit more artful than our friend in the control room. All right. There's something about it. Is, is that good for you? Is it doing something? Is it like moving things through? I mean, there I are, never do it, so I don't think it's necessary. There are noises That's like somebody. True. What's not true? <laughs> I, I do not. I do not flatulate. Yeah, you First didn't do of all, that until you were 25, if I remember. <laughs> you said that on the air. And I still never do it. Um, I just don't. I well, don't think it's necessary. It's a brave and admirable stance. I think Scarlett Johansson. If we're just throwing lies out there, I mean, why not? Yeah, kick him. Get him. Get him. I just, if if I'm going to put up with... The, the the rumblings and the sounds and the, 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 the feelings. It's like, you know, there's there's a gang war between two gangs of mice going on in my bowels. And I just if that's good for me, I'll put up with it. But if not, I don't want to eat I don't want that to happen anymore. So you think it might be a possible like a part of nature that has a has a has an has an upside and a need is being right. Met. Right. I don't know if cavemen minded making all rumbling. laugh, is that a need? <laughs> Or being gross when he could just uh, opt not to do it. Apparently Did that's prehistoric man think farts were funny? <laughs> yes. I wonder. God, I hate that word. It's so coarse. <laughs> Sorry. Armstrong and Getty.